This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we never half-heartedly review every single B&L song from 7 to Y. Um, wait, that didn't sound right. Where we never half-heartedly, yeah, that's right, we never half-heartedly do it. We wholeheartedly do every single review. And this week I am without Aaron. Unfortunately, if he was here because of his work schedule, he would be half sick and half asleep. So we don't want him to be here this week. We'll let him regenerate a little bit and, and get back into the swing of things and join us hopefully for next week. But I do have joining us a fan of the podcast who is a huge fan of Bare Naked Ladies. We have Eric B. from Canada. He has had some wonderful comments on our on our page. And Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Tracy. It's good to be here. So Eric, tell us more about you and how you connect to Bare Naked Ladies and you know, maybe a little bit about how you've come to see us. Uh, well... Uh, first, how I came to find you guys, I uh, just about a half a year ago there, I started thinking, I wonder if there's a podcast about bare naked ladies. I'd never had any, so I thought I should try and find one. What's up? What am I going to start with? BNL. I found two. I gotta say, I've only listened to half of Saker's <laughs> first episode and not given him another shot, so I gotta do that more. <laughs> one day, he's a, he's a good man. Yeah, but I uh, I was thrown off by the uh, out there of it so i ended up here and i thought oh these guys know what they're talking about <laughs> so i'm currently on get in line i'm catching up i only started in september yeah, that's pretty why? good for for september you're almost through 100 episodes at this point yeah i think i'm on what is that 88 or 90 or something mm. <laughs> um, yeah so why bnl why did i start finding a bnl podcast i have listened and followed this band since i was 13 no, 11, 98, when Stunt came out, and I was listening to One Week on the radio, I thought, what is this? I need this. And my parents got me Stunt as a gift. And since then, it's been nonstop catching up with every album as they, you know, the backdated and getting the, fu the future stuff as they came out. And uh, probably going to be useful to have me on this show because it'll bring someone who's uh, going to pull up the ratings on the, the later albums. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's, that's all right. We, we need some higher numbers on those later albums. So, yeah, exactly. I've seen them eight times in concert, uh, drove seven hours one time to go see them in the neighboring province in, Sa in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Yeah, haven't seen them for a while. They the last time they came through, it was my wedding and I couldn't convince my wife to postpone. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> all right. You only plan that like what a year or two in advance. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> Now, wait, while I'm looking at you on the screen, no one else, of course, can see this, but is that a Saskatoon sunset behind you? No, but it is a Last Summer on Earth sunset. No, I mean the picture behind you. Oh, that one. 
No, that's just mountains. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It would be a little that. too apt if it were. No, I did that one. That was a very nice painting. Well, they tell you how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got one of those over there. It doesn't look anywhere near as well as Walt Dunninger's <laughs> does. My, mine looks more like a, a Jackson Pollock than, <laughs> than anything. So what is your favorite album? Well, it's got to be Stunt, because that's the first one I started with. That's the first one I came to. But honestly, I've as they were putting out Grinning Streak and Silverball and Fake Nudes, each time they've come out and I've listened to them, I thought, this might be their best one yet. Wow. <laughs> so, like, from, from a musical perspective, just not, not from an Aaron musical perspective. I don't have that knowledge. <laughs> but uh, just from a straight up, you know, they're doing what they want. They're doing what they like. They're not catering to what they think needs to be heard on the radio. They're just, they're having fun and they're putting out what they want to put out. And I love that. <laughs> well, I, I think I'm starting to come around to it. And I think part of what has allowed me to come around to it is if I want to hear stuff that is similar to or more reminiscent, not in a negative going backwards in time type way, but more of the we're going forward with a similar type sound. I can listen to Steve like he's got he, he explores, but still stays in the neighboring or in the neighborhood of of the older type sound that he's kind of does naturally. Um, and then I can listen to this, this newer version of the band for different versions of songs. hundred percent. I mean, Steve's new stuff is fantastic. I've got both his heal thyself albums and I've seen them in, I've seen them a couple times in the last couple of years. Once right before he put out album two, that one was entertaining because he made some sort of a joke while he was on stage. He was, he was the, um, artist in residence for the uh national music center here in calgary and uh teaching a whole bunch of other artists how to write music and helping them write some songs and he yes. made a joke in, in the show and he sat there and he said you know i've been writing a two-part album and one is uh instinct and discipline and i've been uh putting discipline off for a couple years now <laughs> <laughs> he's pretty great that way mm-hmm He's a funny man. I like him. So I shouldn't hold off any longer. I've been half-heartedly attacking this song for the night and, and putting it back and procrastinating it. Um, so we should probably discuss this song. This week's song is Half a Heart from Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. And it's written by Ed. If you've never heard this song before, here's a quick snippet. Anyone with half a heart would help me out Before they ever let the other half find out But if they can see how far I've let you down Anyone with half a heart would let me drown Alright, so I, it's funny that I say this is from Bare Naked Ladies Are Men Because it is a... And I... And I I hate to say this, but it's a reject from the Maroon Sessions. Um, so they actually recorded this whole thing for Maroon. Um, and that was the version that they then later on released at on the Stop Us If You've Heard This One Before. And then they re-recorded it for some reason for Bare Naked Ladies Are Men. I'm not quite sure why. It's slightly different, but it's not such a huge difference. That I'd be like, yes, thank goodness you went out and redid this in a completely different way. 
they're subtle. They're, they're, there's definitely not like the difference that you'll see with like a drift or something. But, yeah, there's definitely subtle differences. So the only major differences that I I could see, as well as what has been mentioned online, is the rarities version, the demo version version, as I would call it, the original, has bongos instead of drums, and it has a much lighter arrangement. Um, The Blam version is more of a rock song, Mm -hmm. um, and it's slightly faster um, than the demo is. So, for example, the demo, the lyrics, the, um, and of course now I can't think of it, but the frames... Um, are exactly the same for both songs, but the demo is 23 seconds longer. So if you start them at exactly the same time on, the, on exactly the same word, by the end of the first verse, they're already unsynced by just enough, and it slowly gets worse and worse as it goes oh, along. Wow. <laughs> I so did that last night, so I was like, Drunk I'm amazing. Bitter pill, bitter pill, it's my raisin, it's my raisin. News at five, news at and, at five midnight. and at midnight. Yeah, it's just a hair. I, you know, Aaron could tell me exactly the beat's difference, but there is a slight beat difference, probably like five, six, something like that different, which slows it down just enough. Nice. Yeah, I, I was wondering if maybe it was just like a longer intro, longer outro, or a longer instrumental. But yeah, if they're that far out with just the words, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it does give the demo a little bit more of a melancholic feel versus yeah. the actual released version of the song has more of a rock song kind of feel. It's an intri- interesting direction for them to go with. It definitely makes it fit more onto Blam. The yeah. demo version wouldn't fit as well on blam and the blam version wouldn't have fit as well on the maroon album yeah because if, if you look at the blam listing or the blam listing that as as i call the second one blamming <laughs> um, if you're looking at that i mean they've got a couple already slower songs in there they didn't need to have another one so it was, it was good for them to rock it up a bit and add some heavier drums i, I do like when they do that with their songs anyways some of the songs that I've heard, some lower ratings on it. What? That's a rockin' song. You know, you need more. <laughs> <laughs> so, the music. Um, I don't have a ton of breakdown for the music on this one. Um, uh, let's see if I can pull something out. I have my... Oh, there goes my pile of 20... 43 CDs over there. Uh, I, I have a huge pile of CDs for this, for, for Bare Naked Ladies now, and I've been slowly and ever increasing it to my my wife's discontent. I've got actually shelves hooked up on one of our room and one shelf is holding the yellow tape. One shelf holds all of the BNL CDs. One holds Steve CDs. One's got their record. <laughs> one's got stop. If you, if you heard this one before special edition. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, I've got a little clock made out of the stunt CD. That oh, that my, yeah. My wife made that for me for uh, our, our wedding. So it's a little clock <laughs> that runs on the stunt CD. Oh, that's really cool. It's wicked. 
That's a manism. You gotta be careful there. <laughs> what, was that wicked? <laughs> wicked. In terms of the actual music, it's pretty generic. You got Jim on the electric bass. You get Kevin on the electric guitar and piano. You get Steven on electric guitar. You get Ed on acoustic guitar. And you get Tyler on drums. So the only and percussion. The only thing that's different is from the typical is that you get Kevin on electric guitar. So you have a double electric guitar in there to mix with Ed's acoustic guitar. For sure. It, wor- it works really well. I-, I-, I always like when Steve and Kevin double up on their electric efforts, too. They, they complement each other really well all the time. They do. And they're actually amazing, both of them, on even though they don't give themselves the credit they deserve for their efforts on the guitars. You know, Steven's always saying that Ed's the better guitar player, and and Kevin Kevin always likens himself to a pianist, but I think that they're both actually pretty good guitarists. Oh, yeah, 100%. I'll have Aaron. Uh, hopefully, he will be giving us a breakdown. So um, I'm going to give Aaron the, the space here. Aaron, give us your breakdown. So Aaron has given us a review for this week. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to record it, so I am reading his thoughts that he has sent me. Half a heart. My guess for what album it was off from, Bare Naked Ladies Are Me. Very close, Aaron. Very close. Recorded 102 beats per minute. Sounds like electronic drums, or at the very least recorded with a click track and perhaps quantized. In the key of E... The main flow of the song seems to be follow a progression which bounces between the tonic to the third to the fourth to the seventh and occasionally stops at the fifth, which of course leads back very prettily to the tonic. So that would be an E, G flat, A, D, B, and then back to the E. Interestingly, we hear this expressed via this very lovely descending line in the bass notes to the guitar, which is E to E-flat to D to D-flat. A very esoteric reference for people like me, who are both music nerds and video game nerds, but it reminds me of the title theme to the game Mother, also known in the West as Earthbound Zero. It's a musical technique I really love. I find it very beautiful. I have been informed that we are rating the song from 1 to 5 vintage video games. So I am curious as to whether someone else has already brought up this connection. No, Aaron, we didn't. Ultimately, I like this song a lot. There are a lot of Ed vocals I really love. I feel like in the more recent albums, he overprocesses them. And they seem a lot more auto-tuned and flat. And as a result, they seem a little less soulful. I hear the emotion in his voice here, and it's great. When comparing this song to the others in the catalog, for some reason, I thought back to Celebrity. It's a very different song, but I suppose there's some similarity in the Beatles-esque pop-rock structure. I do prefer Celebrity, but this is a nice, earnest little tune that has maybe a little of the Tragically Hip or R.E.M. in its roots, but with a more gentle Ed sort of presentation. It's nice, not my favorite, but definitely above average. I give it a very solid 3.5 vintage video games out of 5. So since we don't have Aaron's breakdown tonight, we I did look on TuneBat. I, I cheated. Um, I can't count beats per minute, and it, you wouldn't want me to even try to make the effort. The song is an A major at 102 beats per minute. The demo version, according to TuneBat.com, is an E minor 
at 94 beats per minute. So yeah, there's a almost a about eight beats per minute difference between the two. That's a big difference. It. And switching it to the E minor makes it gives it that more melancholy sound. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Or switching. And I didn't even e pick minor. up on that key difference. So once again, that's why I leave it for Aaron for the breakdown. If in I fact this not. is right, if Toonback got it right this time. <laughs> Well, they say there's something ro- different about it, and we could tell that. So, right, I can go that far. Yeah. Now, since I'm not a music person, I mean, I, so what do you think about the music for this? Let's talk about our uh, about our feelings. Let's talk about our feelings. Do you have a couch for me to lie on? Down <laughs> on there? It'd be a long drive for you. Oh yeah. Okay. Good point. I'll, I'll stay here. What do, What are uh, your feelings about the music? We'll get to the lyrics in there a little bit here. I had about a million, about a hundred million. Notes written down, but of course I forgot them. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I. You know, when it comes to music, I can't say that I actually analyze or look at specific spots of the music. I've been starting that with this podcast. Every time it's onto a new episode, I give that song a listen, and I try my hardest not to sing along, not to hum along, not to whistle along, and I try to listen to it. I'm terrible at it. So <laughs> it's honestly, hard. It is the I hardest can... part of doing this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, so honestly, I all I can say is like you know, the the bass and the guitar always jump out at me, and they're just beautiful accompaniments. But it it's just always one continuous melody from you know they their harmonies, whether it's their vocal or their instrumental harmonies, they're just always there. And this song, I get that out of every time, and it's a it's a great song. I like I like listening to it every day. Not every day. I don't listen to it, but. I'm too busy listening to Fair Naked ABCs to listen to this every day. <laughs> you got to catch up. I mean, right? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. <laughs> I like the music with this. I think my, my concern is it's very repetitive. So I think that some people might say because it's so, so slow that people might say that it's boring or that it might put them to sleep. I don't find it boring. I do find it very relaxing. This is a song that I would put on if I was going to... Like, I wouldn't put it on to, like, exercise to or, or to do anything active to. Like, if I'm going to go out and have to paint the deck, then I'm, I'm definitely not putting this on because I'm going to get bored pretty quickly in the middle of it. But if I need to just kind of relax or meditate or, or to go to sleep to something, not because it's a sleepy music, but just because it would relax me, I would put yeah. this kind of song on. Uh, we'll, we'll get to the, the meaning of the song in a few minutes and whether that might not be good because it might give me bad dreams. But the, <laughs> in terms of the song itself and the music itself, I, w- I think this is a good song for kind of relaxing to. Uh, um, yeah, 100%. It's, it, it's great for that. I, I like it for a, it's a driving song for me. I, I always listen to it whenever I'm listening to it. It's, I'm in my truck. I'm just driving along, and it's a great song for me to just cruise along to. And or sit in traffic. <laughs> and ed's voice is beautiful when he goes soulful he can really hit that like it, this song for you when i fall like those songs when he decides to really kind of try to draw you in with his voice yeah. he can thoroughly do that and make you feel his point yeah when i fall oh that's a good one we're not going <laughs> to hear that for a long time that's a good no. one you're right it's, that was one of his first ones, I always feel like, that he got this real sound to his voice for these slower, more sorrowful, nostalgic songs and, you know, Long Way Back Home. And uh, I think with When I Fall, he was he was kind of like, you know what? You did the flag. I can, I can do that. I can make a song like that that makes people just kind of feel. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. Totally. <laughs> and he still does it. He still does it in their new stuff, too. He does. And, and he does have some really great songs that are along that line. Mm-hmm. The other thing you mentioned, the harmonies, and of course, it wouldn't be B&L without us mes- mentioning the harmonies. <laughs> this is another song with harmonies, of course. I feel like when there's not harmonies, it automatically drops the rating immediately. Um, <laughs> so we got harmonies this week, which is good. It's going to give it a, a higher rating in my book already. One of the things that I think is really kind of neat about this, though, is they use the harmonies to kind of pinpoint moments. You get a lot of solo ed, but then the harmonies kind of come in to kind of highlight some points that they want to make. Let's get to the lyrics, actually, because I, I don't have much more to add about the music itself. Sure. Um, it, it's beautiful. Once again, you know, Tyler and, and Jim kind of really drive it in the mm-hmm. background. They're, they're kind of backseat driving this song, but Ed's leading it. Yeah. And I mean, this song, it, it's more about the lyrics, in my opinion, than the music. So, I mean, when you, with, with the, the lyrical melody and the lyrics themselves, that's, that's what really brings the song. That's where the meat of the song is. Yeah. And the lyrics are why I could never listen to this song with my kids in the car and why I could never like, just like, listen to this as I'm going to sleep. <laughs> it I've... definitely gives it a time and a place that you can listen to it. <laughs> sure. When did this one come out? 2007. Yes. I've been listening to this for 13 years. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never known the right lyrics until the last few weeks. <laughs> for a couple when you're like, I got I to gotta figure out what this is saying. I have hopeful lyrics, but they've been wrong. The lyrics are very interesting. It's very poetic, once again. You know, it's not coming straight out with saying anything that he's trying to say. He, it's a number of different takes that you could have on this song. From the very beginning, drunk on wine, I'm amazing, bitter pill, it's my raising. Drunk on wine, I'm amazing. Bitter pill, it's my raising. That could mean a bunch of different things. And yet, I want to know what your take is on this, Eric. What do you think that these lyrics are about? Well... I always took the drunk on wine. I'm, I'm amazing. But yeah, I'll, I'll get that one right. <laughs> um, that that one. That's always been just you know, you go out whether you're having wine or whatever it is you are. The further along you go, the better, more capable, more talented you are. The more you are willing to do, you know, horrible stuff. And I mean, it, it comes up in the next line with the news at five midnight and uh, caught on tape, sushi, right? So he's you know. It, it, it's speaking from a narrator who's getting very far on in the night. <laughs> with his, with <laughs> he's had a few. Yeah, he's at, he's had a few. He's he's going on. He's you know, I typically actually have usually thought it's probably a famous person because he, he's playing the part of a famous person who's done something because it's the crowd around him's growing. You know, it's crowd around me starts to grow in the tabloids it's getting brought out into the limelight it's everyone can see what he's done and you know it's on the news caught on tape it just everything's following him so every wrong decision that he makes stays with him and follows him i catch that i i usually catch that right right up right around that first verse so (laughs) this song's difficult there's a bunch of takes on it and i've racked my head around this one quite a bit trying to figure out exactly what Ed's trying to kind of insinuate here. So we have people that are saying, like, it's drunk driving. 
We have people are saying mm-hmm. it's an affair. So the, the, the main person has been caught in an affair. That's um, what I've seen. And also people talking a lot about assisted suicide in this, in this. So with going back to the, anyone with, so, so the flashing, the drunk driving goes back to the flashing lights. And I, mm-hmm. this one's the one that I, out of the two major ones of drunk driving and, and the affair, this is the one I lean toward a little bit more with these lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Although it could be both. It could be he had he was caught drunk driving with someone while he was having an affair. And <laughs> there we go. We get the whole story. The drunk driving kind of goes to that flashing lights. And Ed likes to turn a phrase. Ed likes to try to plant ideas and, and put things in there for people to kind of make multiple decisions on. Mm-hmm. And if we take the lyrics straight forward, it's just a person who's made some kind of bad choice in there. And doesn't want his significant other to find out and is now contemplating suicide, wishing that he would die or, and that people would just let him die rather than letting his spouse or partner find out. Wow. The internet goes way darker on these things than I do. (laughs) That was actually my take. I wouldn't really (laughs) talk on this. Um, But the thing is, is like, if you look for the, Underneath meeting and and Ed trying to play with a line here and and do double meanings. Flashing lights couldn't warn her. Flashing lights would, of course, be police cars. Something happened with the police Mm -hmm. for him to get caught. Um, And we know that he's caught because it says, anyone with half a heart would would help me out before they let the other half find out. By the way, love that play on words. Like, let's let's play around with this half thing as much as possible here. Yeah, if you have a half that would help out, I mean, then what's the other half? The other half is the one that's going to, you know, let you be, let you lie in the bed you made. Oh, and see, I heard it as like the, we all, people often refer to their spouse as their better half. So before they let the other half find out, before you let my partner find out, you would, you would help me out and you would let me drown. Let me fail and and I take it to the part of like actually dying. Like you let me mm-hmm. die before I have to deal with the guilt of seeing my partner deal with all of the stuff that I, I have now dealt with and and what I've painted myself into a corner to deal with. Oh, okay. But I also going with that turn of phrase. Bracing now for the impact. Bracing now for the impact. So yes, bracing for the impact of like, I have got myself in the situation and my spouse is going to find out, my partner's going to find out, the community and my audience is going to find out and I'm going to have to deal with that. He likes to turn a phrase though. Bracing for the impact is something you would say for a car crash. Yeah. And I almost wonder if this is him also saying that he had hit someone while drunk driving or he gotten into a car crash drunk driving. That's one that I've seen before. I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I always look at them a little more metaphorical myself with the flashing lights. I never I never pictured sirens. I just pictured, you know, warning lights, amber lights, just it's oh. a red flag, just red lights, you know, not, nothing that anybody could have warned her say I, I i i usually go to the affair side of things on this particular <laughs> one and i always think you know no no amount of warnings could have shown her what was actually going to happen and and it, sure enough it did and you know she's messed up a relationship paint myself in a corner you know I, he's lying his way out of it all the time 
And Obviously, I, it's a person that's an, that's a celebrity because they were caught on tape, and yeah. you know, no one's going to be caught on tape and put on the five and midnight news if <laughs> unless yeah, well, they're a celebrity. I, I look at it every time as you know, it's the tabloids. He's he's got paparazzi following him around, so yeah, he's he's caught on tape, and then bracing now for impact. I just again, I just took that as a metaphor. You know, his whole life is going down, plane in flames, just. It's all coming down, bracing it now for the impact. You know, she's going to find out. And then uh, for that chorus there, I always just pick up that, you know, where, where you're saying the other half is the better half. And I'm just thinking the other half is the, the multifaceted people watching the news, watching the tablets. They're multifaceted. So they've got half of them. They're, you know, he, he's just a guy. He's just a man. He made a mistake, you know, help him out. Then there's the other half that says, Oh, he's a celebrity. He can, he can go to, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. If you have to bleep that one, get some Yoko in there. Uh, Yoko come in. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I always view that as like the more multifaceted because like, you know, while they may be judging him for the mistakes he's made, they're, being nice or rather he's imploring them to be nice because he actually needs their help more than their judgment to, you know, get him off this tra track that he's on this, this train of self-destruction that he's on for whether it's his relationships or whatever. That, that, that's the uh, take I always took from a much more mm. metaphorical take. I guess. <laughs> well, and I like that. Like there's so many different takes you can take with his songs. Yeah. And, and my guess is that if we ever got him on the show, Ed, you're, of course, invited anytime you want. Um, but if we ever got him on, he would probably have a very similar statement to Steve of, like, the whole point of it being metaphorical is I don't want a defined definition of exactly what this song means. Mm -hmm. I want it to mean many things to many people. So, or everything at, to everyone. At the same time, when Steve said that, I still sat there and there's most of me sitting there saying, but thank you for saying what your thought was because yes, <laughs> I, I hear all the ones and I'm like, great. People can have that, that interpretation of a song. You know, everybody can take what they want from a song and feel different things. I, I have very different thoughts on crawl and very different feelings on crawl than than you guys had. And it's based on people that I know that it was much more of a recovery song than anything. Oh, um, but I love when these songs can have a different meaning to different people so that people can connect to it from no matter what their backgrounds and their experiences, everybody can connect to one in some form. Mm -hmm. That's why I love having these discussions. <laughs> but I like to know what's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other part. I was very glad that, that Stephen was <laughs> able to say what, his, what he wrote when he was writing it. Especially um, that one. <laughs> well, that one's been out there for 30 years. Like people mm -hmm. have really been wanting to know what it meant. So, yeah. Um, so then we get ourselves to the bridge. Once again, the bridge usually is the time when they're going to announce kind of what they're thinking, but he goes the other direction and he makes it even more <laughs> <laughs> metaphorical and you don't know what he's trying to say here. I was um, going to say, I have, I have big question marks usually for how I interpret that. I, I, I never, I, I just like it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it seem like this whole song is just him having a nightmare dealing with something that he's dealt with in the past. Oh, yeah. And he can't quite come to any kind of resolution. So you're taking the sleepless sleeplessness from uh, being uh, the nightmares keeping him awake or something. 
Right, or he's, or I shouldn't say nightmare so much as he is stuck between wanting to sleep and can't sleep. He's got anxieties that, and he keeps replaying these mistakes in his mind over and over and over again, hoping to find resolution that never comes. It's it's who needs sleep, and have more of a deep deep discussion about why who needs sleep isn't is there. Oh yeah, who needs sleep? Um, I don't know. You're never gonna get it. <laughs> uh, I, I always pick pulled that part i always pulled that part of um by being like more of a thought on uh in, in the space between sleep and sleeplessness we address all our wounds uh, if we replace all the hopeless hopelessness in space between sleep and sleeplessness we redress all our All this hopeless, hopelessness And we could rest I always take that as being the, that the time that you take heals all wounds. And, you know, if we sleep on it, if we take a moment, you know, step back, very cliche me kind of mentality, but think positively. <laughs> you know, we can rest again. <laughs> Our, ourselves if we take that time if we step back we can fix ourselves and climb back out of hopeless hopelessness mm. it's kind of where i always took that from I, again it's it's me pulling that positivity <laughs> the positivity i always pull the positive sides of these songs though i listen to you guys and every time you say something darker i think that's a really positive song though <laughs> And see, in me, I, for this song, it, I, my mind did go really dark. Like, in between sleep and sleeplessness, and that moment that we can't fall asleep, but we want to, we redress all our wounds. We're going over all these mistakes and re- these regrets that we have. If mm-hmm. we re- could re- replace all this hopeless hopelessness, then we could rest. But that's an if-then statement, meaning it hasn't happened yet, that he can't get there. He He continues to... He can't replace the hopelessness. He's stuck in this pattern of, of redressing this wound over and over again. Mm-hmm. And he can't rest. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I like this song. <laughs> um, and and it's, it, you'd think that he's just kind of repeating anyone with half a heart would let me drown. And you mm-hmm. think he's just going to keep repeating himself. But he changes some of the words in this next um, revision of the chorus. Anyone with half a heart would let me drown. Mm-hmm. Anyone with half a heart would pull me down. Mm-hmm. So, like, almost like they would they would humble me is what I kind of hear him saying there. Like, anyone with half a heart would humble me and and kind of pull me back down to earth. I've lost myself in my celebrity. I've lost myself in my ability to make these poor choices. Like, why didn't you get me back in in place here before mm-hmm. I made this bad choice? Um, anyone with half a heart would let me fall. So once again, humble me. And then the last one, anyone with half a heart wouldn't care at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's once again where I go to the assisted suicide. Where the, like, anyone, like, you would let me fall, you would let me, you'd let me die. You would let, you would, you would just let me go and you wouldn't care. You wouldn't try to keep me here. I and have I, an, obs- yeah, go ahead. No, go. I was going to say, I just have an obscure note here. It's a, it's a quick little paragraph. Anyone would judge him. You know, he's judging himself and could see why people would tear him down and let him drown in his mistakes. It's that whole ending that's just, 
it's not saying that would help me out or anything. He, he can just, it's his thoughts. Everybody else is judging me because I'm judging myself. Mm -hmm. And so everybody would, anybody with half a heart would do this because that there's that other half of the heart that's telling them don't help him. He got into this. (laughs) (laughs) See, When I hear that, I hear that statement of, well, I couldn't care less versus when mm-hmm. people say, well, I couldn't care. Or, I could care less. What, well, yeah. well, no, the, the phrase is I couldn't care. Less. <laughs> yeah. Could you or could you not? I, <laughs> exactly. I could it's care less. Whole, like, Great. I'll work you to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really interesting song that once again, could be taken so many different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think it depends on the week. And of course, having listened to this song like 50 million times in the last, last month, um, Whenever I take, usually when I'm preparing for these songs, I'll listen to it like five, ten times, and I'll move on to the next song down the line, and mm-hmm. then come back to it again, and back and forth, and back and forth. Over the last month, listening to this song as I was rotating through it, I had a whole bunch of different takes on it. Yeah. And I do like songs that make me do that, like make me re-listen to them over and over again. Yeah, and I read a couple of the ones, uh, a couple of those other theories you put there, and you know, I listened to them, and I, I thought, I can see someone thinking that. It's still not what jumps out at me, but I, I can definitely see it from another, from everybody else. Well, not everybody else, but a lot of the <laughs> other point of views. I can't assume I'm the only one. No, <laughs> I, I mean, way. <laughs> are you the only one? No, sorry. Um, uh, one and only. <laughs> um. I don't know. There were some really out there theories that were on on the internet. I, I avoided those because, like, I can't even go down there where they were where they were guessing that Ed had an affair, and they said that it was around this time, and he was talking yeah, about his own affair. I'm like, first of all, you could look it up all you want. There's no proof anywhere that Ed has ever had an affair. I don't even so. think there's tabloid articles that suggest it. No, I've never heard of it. If anything, if Ed were going down that path, I would think he'd be talking about Steve, who was at that time actually at be that time, yeah, having affairs. Um, at least as it had been rumored. I don't know specifically or personally um, if he, if he had any affairs. Actually, um, I feel like I read something that prior to the whole incidents and issues in New York with Steve, I I. I feel like I read something that prior to that he had been separated. I could be entirely wrong. He did. And yeah, they're be- separated. They were already separated and working toward the divorce at that point. Okay. Um, now, whether that was an affair that kind of had driven that or, or several affairs that had driven that, or mm-hmm. if it was just like they were, had decided like, no, we're not good together. Um, who knows? Um, you know, Stephen has admitted he wasn't making the best of choices around that time with with drugs, anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, I must say though, I, I I almost always, I must say, I almost always disagree. Whenever I hear you guys say, "Well, it's about about Steve," Ed's right about Steve, or Steve's right about Ed, and I'm like, no, it's not all about the other one. Maybe no, <laughs> this one has the possibility, but I do, I really don't feel like that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't one of those ones that I have that that definitive. Feel. Golden Boy almost is definitively like he's come out and said it, but this one I don't Has feel really? so much. Yeah, he in his interview. This is all that I really have for this song, though. Like I don't have a ton more uh, that I need to kind of talk about with this one. I find it a it, it is a very 
I mean, it's not very long. Any length that's attributed to it is really from any intro and outro stuff. I don't remember how much of an outro there is, but it's um, it, it it's a minimal song in and of itself, and it's just heavy and potent in the lyrics, even for as short as it goes. I kept finding that because, like you, I figured I'd brush up on it a little bit and do some homework. So I, every time I listened to it, I found it's over already. I got to hit yeah. back. <laughs> I head back and I listen to it again. <laughs> I do think that we would be remiss if we didn't at least briefly touch on the fact that there was a bathroom sessions of this song. Right. Um, it is. It is once again like a lot of the bathroom sessions. It's only Ed, um, so it's very sparse. It's kind of stripped down to just him and the guitar. Um, and much like most of the bathroom sessions, it is an absolutely beautiful form of oh, yeah. the song. I mean, they're all so good. Which version of the song do you prefer between the Bare Naked Ladies Are Men version, the demo version that's on Stop Us, or Bathroom Sessions? It will still always be Our Men for me. It's For me, it's typically the song that I hear first. It's rare that a, a, an iteration will take precedence. It happens. Keeping It Real is one of those ones that happens where the iteration that they did with the Persuasions is just takes it up a notch. But it... Yeah, typically it's the first version of a song that I know that is always the best. But there's a, a caveat with that in that the bathroom sessions are always, always just as good or maybe a touch more for certain reasons. But I go to this one first because it's on my iPod. I don't have those bathroom sessions on my iPod, so I always go to this <laughs> one. <laughs> I like the bathroom sessions version. Um, it wouldn't be my go-to. Even if I had it on the iPod, which I don't, I usually choose one or two versions and, and keep mm-hmm. it on my iPod. Uh, I don't have the Bathroom Sessions version of this on my iPod. Um, although it's kind of beautiful to listen to, and it's nice to hear him doing it this way. It's I, I like it when we get different renditions of it to kind of compare to and, yeah. and contrast. But I come to Bare Naked Ladies for their for them playing together and hearing them as a band. So unless it's really super special, I miss Jim and Kevin and Ed and I mean Steve and whoever is missing. I, I miss them not being there when they're right. not there. Um, out of the two other versions, I would have to say Bare Naked Ladies are men version takes a slight lead. Um, yeah. And it's only because I've heard it so many times before, and that's the one that I know. If I really want to be sad and depressed when I'm listening to this, I'm going to listen to the Stop Us version because it is much more melancholic. You'd rather listen to the E minor if you're uh, exactly just, just wait until Aaron corrects us, and it's not E minor at all. <laughs> that's when I get C into major. the edit, and I have to go back through the whole thing and listen and. Anytime I hear E minor or whatever, I have to cut yeah. it out. Like, oh, now I got to do like 50 minutes of editing more. Um, or we can just admit that we were wrong and have it say that we said E minor. <laughs> that's the easier. We blame it on TuneBat. They got it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm naive, so I believe them. <laughs> All right. So let's put some numbers to this. I'm going to say for this week, because the phrase half a heart goes back to when I was growing up and I was playing Nintendo or NES or Atari and the way that they measured your lives and how much more you had to go was by whittling you down by a heart yes. to half a heart every single time. Zelda, um, that was the big one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so my question to you is how many vintage video games do you give this song? 
you know, this song, I, I was wavering. I, I, I'm very few of these songs in their entire catalog are low scorers for me. So I have to, I have to whittle them all within, you know, three to five for the most part. <laughs> and, uh, um, this one I was originally thinking of, it's, it's a four and a half, but I've brought it down a little just because I don't typically actively search it out. But, you know, anytime it's on, I listen to it, I sing it, I belt it out as much as I can. So it's still got to be in the fours and I'm just going to put it on an even four. four even four. Vintage video game hearts. Nice. Four half hearts. Four half hearts. Four half hearts. Yeah, that's a, I don't know. I don't like the half hearts though, because then, like, wait, no, it's only two full hearts. Oh yeah, no, that... <laughs> no, it can't be, can't be half hearts. You're right. No, we just gonna have to do vintage video games. How many Fair vintage enough. video games do? Full so, house. which vintage video games would you give this? Which ones? Yeah. Of course, now I have to think of question. something that's also a four. <laughs> oh, that would make it even harder. Oh my goodness. Now I have to rate all the games I used to play. I don't know. Well, let's just stay with Zelda because as soon as you said chipping away the hearts, that's what I thought of. I thought hearts. <laughs> I'm just putting your name in here and I'm going to update all this stuff later on. I'm on all the right. leaderboard. You are on the board. Um, all right. So, depending on when where Aaron puts things, we'll have to see. But for me, um, I like this better than a lot of their other slow stuff, um, especially the stuff that Air, that um, that Ed has written, uh, like "Give It Back to You." I like this more than that. I like it. I like it a little bit more than a lot of the more recent Ed tunes, but it's still not in to me the upper pantheon. To me, it's not up in the up in the fours range. I don't know. I don't listen to it really often, and like I said, it would be one that I would want to listen to to just kind of mellow out, which. Most of the time when I'm listening to music, I'm listening to it to get me going, to get me through the day. Um, well, and this is a sadder song for you than it is for me. This is a more positive <laughs> song to me. So, Yeah, this one's not very positive for me. Yeah. Um, to me, and, and I like it because of that, because I do like it when Ed makes me, like, melancholic. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of his newer stuff is way too happy for me, so it, it loses a little bit of uh, points for that. This one does make me, it's kind of a Steve X type thing where we're going to like deal with this happy, sad area. Yeah, dive right in. Like, I, I worked on this all week, bouncing up and down this list. I finally kind of came to a spot of a 3.75. That's pretty good. That's respectable. That's, yeah. you know, that's not going to hurt it at all. That's, it took me a long time when I started hearing three scores, whether they're threes, three, five, three, seven, five. Took me a long time to come to terms with that's an okay score. Yeah, I mean, more. <laughs> I, I will say that most music that was on the radio when I was growing up wouldn't would be in the threes area, mm -hmm. um, and would definitely not be in the high threes area when you're listening to pop music. So it's already no, yeah. already quite a ways up there. It's higher than most stuff that would be on the radio for me. Um, it's higher than basically <clears throat> everything on the radio these days. Yes. Four would be something that I would be actively turning the channel looking for. So <laughs> I don't think I would actively be turning the channel looking for this song, but if mm -hmm. it came on, I wouldn't be changing it either. So that's fair. That's respectable. Aaron, what do you give this song? Uh, 
All right. Well, reach out to us on social media. On Facebook, we're at BNL Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Baronick and ABCs. Uh, Gmail, we're Baronick and ABCs at gmail.com. And our website is www.bowlingstormtrooperentertainment.com. Please reach out to us and tell us what you think. Uh, we got a fan mail here back in December that I haven't had a chance to read yet. It's from an Eric. B? Wait a minute, Eric B. Eric B. That, that sounds familiar. familiar. <laughs> that sounds really familiar. I don't know who that is. Eric, you write us a lot of great emails, and I don't always read them off. Um, often, because by the time I get to them, we've we've gone far beyond the song. Um, you are about a year past it. <laughs> that's right. Um, but you did you did mention this one. I do want to go over it. I, I want to say it was in refer reference to every subway car, uh, and you said. I must take issue with all of you on this one. I absolutely love the song, and it's one that I actively seek out and belt out when I'm driving. An easy 4.5. Feels fun, and in my opinion, is an edgier sound. I'm not going to say they sound like a hard rock band, but it has a certain crunch to the music that I really dig when BNL brings that sound. First lines are fine. I feel like they set the tone for how long this guy has been tagging her face on cars for the world to see. His backpack is worn and old, but covered in his medium and still works like new for its purpose. I believe the part about going underground is at the turn <clears throat> at the turnaround is not that he has been painting the walls of the turnaround, but rather that this is also where the trains are parked for the night. He's found a pristine canvas down there with all the stopped trains and he lets loose on them all. Just my two cents, and I must apologize for yelling at you all when you gave scores lower than fours. It's true. Eric, I have to say thank you for, for doing that. Like it, It's emails like that when you post the comments on our website, and I encourage other people to go out and do the same, because I really do like having comments and people talking about their thoughts about this. It's it's the ones like that where I was like, I gotta have him on the show. Like He's got these really great breakdowns of what he thinks about the show. Well, thank you very much. That's especially nice of you to read that one and be so positive because that was my very polite way of saying you're all off your rockers. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's good for us to hear that. We need to oh, hear okay. that sometimes. I'll read um, it on every episode now. <laughs> Usually, Aaron and, and Michelle and I like will come to heads on, on a song. Mm-hmm. But when we don't, it's good for other people to reach out and say, no, you're way off and here's why. Like, yeah. Just because we all agree on something doesn't mean we're right. Matter of fact, probably there's a good chance we're wrong. So, it, it it's always going to come down to you know different experiences and different perceptions of a song that people are going to pull different things. And I a lot of those other songs that I find you guys being a little less uh, courteous positive. or less positive <laughs> about, I they're some of my favorites. I mean, you guys are you guys are super great at other ones like break your heart you know and not that what the, what's the deal with alcohol you all love alcohol so much it's a great song <laughs> don't get me wrong but it was never a five for me i was baffled by that <laughs> i can only speak for me but for me it was a formative song that came out in the you know i was in college i wasn't huge on alcohol but i was around a lot of people that were and so it spoke mm -hmm. a lot to me when i observed other people using alcohol um, uh, okay and of course, I've listened to the song for almost 20 years now. So, you know, that was, I've brought out every single meaning that that song could have. For sure. Um, I was 11, so that didn't help. <laughs> no, I think that's probably 
gives it a different meaning to the song at that point. But I too have also listened to it for 22 years now, and it's a great song. I love it. It's just not never been one of my top echelon songs. So I was, I was boggled by this whole <laughs> podcast. Everybody in unanimous fives, really. Well, and it was so in, in when I was in grad school and listening to alcohol over and over again, play while we were at the billiards hall playing pool over and over again. Like, yeah, drinking alcohol while. Playing, while playing billiards, while <laughs> listening to the song Alcohol, like, yeah, it's kind of a, an ambiance, and it brings a lot of reminiscence about okay, that time. Okay, I can see that, so. for sure. I, I get that. Yeah. Go out, buy your B&L tickets. They just went on sale for the U.S. tour with Gin Blossoms and Toad the Wet Sprocket this week, um, or last week, actually. Um, by now, they're probably all sold out, but go out there and try to find some tickets if you can. Uh, those silly scalpers. I have to give a, a special like clap for the band on trying to find ways past the scalpers and and the uh, computer bots that go in and buy like tons of tickets on on Ticketmaster and then sell them at huge prices. Mm-hmm. Their idea of coming up with their own app that you have to then download and get the password to enter into Ticketmaster that morning and they're only going to release it at the moment that tickets go on sale is just genius. Hmm? That app is, I picked up that app. That app is actually really good in and of itself. You scroll through, you got a whole bunch of scuba diving videos from Ed and stuff. It's great. Oh yeah. Like it was probably the best idea that they have had because it keeps you up with the band, but also keeps those bots out because you're not going to like the bots can't get the the name and the, the password as quickly as the fans are going to get in there and get it. And then boom, paste it right in real quickly. Like it, excellent idea, guys. Good job. Go BNL. Good job. Like there are so many, there are so many people out there that in the music industry that continue to say on interviews, like we wish there was a way to get past all this problems and whoever the inventive genius was to come up with that. It worked. Because I was able to go in half an hour later and still get my tickets. So you're going. I'm going. I got front row front row seats. Oh, they're coming. Are they coming to you, or do you have to travel for them? Um, I have to travel a little bit of distance. They don't tend to come to Maine anymore. They they don't play our rooftops anymore. They're just a little too big for that, I guess. Mm. Which is sad because I missed out on my one chance to see them on the rooftop. But oh no. You guys in you guys in the states though you're you're really lucky because you get the last summer on earth you get these outdoor summer shows you can be there t-shirts and shorts oh and yeah they finish up their summer and then they come in December and November <laughs> to Canada and we're bundled up in our parkas and we get we scarves and you get to the auditorium and you don't want a coat check so at your chair you've got just a million pounds of winter <laughs> outerwear that's just puddled around you not quite sure why they do that to you guys. <laughs> I don't know either. I keep petitioning them. <laughs> it was summer show for once. So native country. Mm-hmm. I guess they figure we can uh, we can handle the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll go we'll go to Canada in the winter. They're used to going outside. <laughs> At least it's not an outside show. Yeah, exactly. I I haven't run into one of those from them. I have run into winter outdoor shows before. <sighs> they were they were tied in with the Vancouver Olympics. Uh, eight years ago, I want to say now, <laughs> maybe <laughs> no, not 2012, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, a long time ago. And, uh, that was cold. That was bad. 
No, it wasn't the Vancouver Olympics. It was a it was a Canadian football Grey Cup. That's oh, nice. we had outdoor concerts and yeah, that was chilly. That would be very chilly. Yeah, it was chilly. <laughs> now, I my wife was amazing and offered me the chance to drive all the way up to Toronto or all the way down and across to Toronto um, mm-hmm. to go to Steve's play. Uh, for those who don't know, the, the tickets for Steve's play, um, here's what it takes, have gone on sale for the Stratford Festival. Um, I don't know if you're going, Eric. I went to go buy tickets and could not I could not rise myself to the occasion to pay the price plus spend 30 hours in the car. And meaning I would also have to do two, two nights in a hotel for, for a play. Uh, I think I'm going to have to wait for it to go on Broadway and, and see it when it comes up to Boston instead. Um, I've got the same problem there. It it would probably be a close to 30 hour drive or I could (laughs) hop on the plane, but flying to Toronto is Beyond bonkers, pricey. Yes. <laughs> My wife's, I will let you go. I'm like, I can't in any conscious way consider driving that long and spending two nights in a hotel to see a play. I just, I, it's Stephen Page, but I still can't get myself to do it. She knew that. That's why she offered. <laughs> she knew no, that you she offered because she she's going to go see Dave Matthews a lot this summer. So she, she offers, she offers you to go to the really far ones. So that you won't go and she'll still have fun with the kids. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He's not going to go. It's too far. So I'll offer that one. <laughs> she also let me buy the Bare Naked Ladies meet and greet experience this summer. So Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. And I got to meet Weird Al last summer. So like, I, I, she's wonderful. Not going to complain in the least. <laughs> I, you know, they, when they did their B&L for the Bare Naked for the Holidays tour in 05 there, I went and saw them here in Calgary and I had... I'd gotten the tickets that day because I had not heard that they had a concert. I just heard it on the radio that day. And I thought there's a concert. And I had my coworker drop me off at the auditorium and I had all my work gear and everything. And I had my backpack full of CDs and I got a ticket. And that was the interesting show where before the show, all five members were just wandering around the, the audience, uh, the outside, whatever you waiting area. Yep. And they, I've got all their signatures. They signed everything. And, all really great people. I met Kevin one time when I went to the Saskatoon show. That's the seven hour drive one. And my cousin and I, we drove out to Saskatoon. We had our lunch. We went to go to the venue to make sure we got good seats because it was first come first serve. And we ran into Kevin and he said, Oh, Hey, how's it going? And we said, Oh, great. How are you? So good to see you. So good to meet you. He's like, yeah, no, having a great time it's nice to be back in canada they were in the midst of a american tour at the time and they came up for a charity show and he proceeded to then follow up with the question where can i go to eat around here and get something good <laughs> we're not from there right he just said there's a hudson's uh pub just down the street and it's i don't i don't think hudson's is in uh america at all but it's a very you're at run-of-the-mill average chain pub. <laughs> They've got him in every city. We thought, did we just recommend Kevin goes to Hudson's? <laughs> that's like the that, Tim Hortons of bars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, man, I wish we knew something better. I wish we could have sent him somewhere else. I just felt like the Bryan Street Theater? I don't <laughs> no, I'm not from around here. <laughs> it's terrible. Oh, 
Well, at least you got to meet him, though, and talk with him, though. Did he is a fantastic nice person, which uh, your guest oh, got the um, great article on uh, Kevin. That article was so great, and you know everything he says about Kevin. I'm like, yeah, that must all be true because anytime I've met him, he's just been the most kind, soft-spoken, humble person I've ever met. Yeah, and any interviews I've ever seen by him, I've never met him except for quickly in passing at that 2005 show as well when they came here to to the states. Uh, so were they doing I, that at all the shows then, eh? They were. All the small enough shows, I guess. The small. No, shows. this one was in Boston. This was at the at the uh, pro- well. Today, I don't know what they would call it, but it was at the Bruins Center at oh, the time. Oh, really? So big stadium big, show. Big stadium show, and they came out beforehand to anyone that came early. Wow, that's cool. It was pretty amazing. I was like, I didn't expect it at all. So one of my old neighbors, uh, he's since moved a couple communities away. He's a radio jockey here in Calgary, and he has a story that he was he. He knows Ed and the band from way back in the day when he was doing radio stuff out in Toronto. And uh, he knows the whole band there. And he was telling this one story that it was Ed was talking about. They had a show. And I forget what show it was. I feel like it was Chicago, but it was they were doing a street show or something. And they could not get to the venue because it was so jam-packed in all the streets. They couldn't get to their own show. <laughs> Well, they did that to themselves in Boston at one point, too. Maybe it was Boston. Maybe it wasn't Chicago. Maybe it was Boston. I forgot. (laughs) They they had done it to themselves in Boston that they had announced just earlier in the day that they were going to do the show there. And Mm -hmm. then people were driving quickly to go get tickets. And it created such a huge amount of traffic for people that were trying to get to the venue to get the tickets that they themselves weren't able to get to the venue. (laughs) That's the one. I mean, they, they got there eventually, and they played it show. Yes. But, but, man, I guess it was just stressful beyond belief for them. Yeah, that was that was around their stunt era. Yes, that's what he was saying. It was I think it was right after they, you know, it was their giant, big, big breakthrough into America. So yeah. they were just huge hype around every show they were doing. Um, real quick, I would like your take on this week's appearance. Of course, we're hitting Juno season. It's it's that time of the year again. We just had the Emmys here and the Grammys here in in the United States, and you know that means the Junos are not far behind. The better of the two shows, in my opinion, and <laughs> when when they keep the camera on the right stuff, yeah, oh. keep it off the audience on the band. Yeah, that that was their one mistake. I was yeah, it was a great show except for that one mistake. Yeah. The cameraman probably probably is is regretting that one. Yeah. <laughs> no one's ever said anything about my work before. Yeah. Um like he listens to this Poor show. Guy. Poor um, guy. <laughs> so my in in favor of and in recognition of the Junos coming up, of course, I put out there this week's appearance, which is the two one of the two 2002 promos that they had for them hosting the Junos. I love it when they do little things like this, and they were so quick and so witty back then. It was great to hear them doing this for this thirty-second promo for TV. So good, so funny, and and I love their Saint John apostrophe s joke because it's, a, <laughs> it's such a big point of contention out there between Saint John New Brunswick and Saint John's Newfoundland, <laughs> and I'm. I don't live on the East Coast, so I'm okay saying this because nobody's going to hunt me down. But one of them spells out Saint, and one of them writes S-T, and 
I couldn't tell you for the life of me, but heaven forbid you get it wrong. <laughs> yes. Andrew, can you, yeah. Andrew, Justin, tell me which one's which. <laughs> yeah. And, and which one spells out saint? <laughs> Don't tell him where I live, though. He'll come out here. <laughs> um, a great one. I, I watched that Junior's performance, and my mom taped the whole thing for me as well. Um, because again, we're going back to, I was just past 10 <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was a great one. And I think that's probably the same one that Tyler had his drumming on his head, uh, drum <laughs> disease. It was a, they were great hosts for that. What a great choice. Perfect oh yeah. Entertainers. They, they were like amazing and they should have them hosting it every year. Like they would be oh, great with, ah, oh, that would be wonderful. Ricky Gervais can keep the. Oh. No, he doesn't do the Oscars. He no. does the Globes. He can keep the Globes. He does the Globes. And can keep doing the Junos in Canada. And I'm happy. As a Something clam. tells me that Ricky Gervais won't be doing won't be doing the Golden Globes much longer after this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think they already said that. Was it Tina Fey and someone else? Amy Amy Poehler. Is it Amy Poehler? Yeah, they're back yeah. doing it next year. Doesn't surprise me any. Yeah. Actually, this year's Juno. Um, the Canadian Hall of Fame inductee this year is actually uh, one of BNL's, uh, if not close friends, uh, better acquaintances, uh, Jan Arden. Oh, yeah, she's she's getting in this year, and that's that's I think a big one too because I, she's vastly underrated, I think, in our country and probably elsewhere as well. But <laughs> she's so good, and so it's nice. And to it's going to be get that too. And it's going to be done in Saskatoon. Yes, it is. We keep coming yeah. back to that today. Place of Saskatoon sunsets. <laughs> um, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you? They can find me in Calgary, <laughs> where I work. I, I don't have I don't have an online can, presence. I don't have a show. I don't have anything. They can come find me. <laughs> they can also go on our website and hear more of your comments. You you comment a lot, and I love it. So Good please point. continue doing that. When you're not on the show, you're more than welcome to comment anytime. Good point. They can come on the show. They can, or they they can come on the website. They can find my comments, and they can lambast me for anything I've said they don't agree with. <laughs> my guess is they probably agree with you more than us at that time. <laughs> I will never put money on that. <laughs> um, you're welcome back anytime. By the way, it was it's been great having you on. Um, I'm free next I week love and the week after and the keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I love having people on the podcast that are listeners. You guys are what I do this podcast for. You guys are are really a blessing. Uh, I would I, it's the wrong time of year, but I would even say a Hanukkah blessing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Mel. <laughs> I worked hard for that one. That was a hard one to go for. That that was a really, really good one because normally I can see those coming and this hit me like a train. I didn't expect that at all. <laughs> so join us next week for Hanukkah Blessings. Thank you very much for having for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a great, great fun. And we'll see everyone next week for Hanukkah Blessings. Thanks, that was fun. Don't forget, no regrets. Very certain they are there. 
Well, I'm looking at the wrong lyrics. <laughs> Which ones are you looking at? Peace, peace and love and limousines. That's not half a heart. <laughs> no, I don't, that doesn't sound like. <laughs> Down to earth. We did that a while ago. <laughs> Aaron, what do you give this song? We'll put this thing in here. Well, I give it a two because it's really repetitive. <laughs> I don't know. There's. It's Aaron's going to come up with them. something which where he's like, something that we didn't hear because he's got a musical ear. He's going to be like, they did this weird thing that no one else knew, and I like it all the more because of what I give it like a five. Like well, he's and, gonna... if he, <laughs> and if he takes the darker side of it like you do, I mean, he he, uh, he says he many times dark he, stuff. he follows the darker side, so maybe, maybe he's going to come on board with this one. And Aaron is the Kylo high. Ren of our podcast. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> With his three-pointed lightsaber and everything. <laughs> I'm I'm the Yoda and I'm usually really super positive about BNL. He comes in like with the Kylo Ren type aspect of like life is dark. And yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a little more like R2D2. I just kind of say random stuff and nobody knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like that. <clears throat> it's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.